Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Chicago Bears have only one winning season over the last 10 years. And in 2022, they looked about as far away from that long-touted moniker, the Monsters of the Midway, as you could get. When you have the worst record in the National Football League, you need help everywhere. But this year, hope seems within reach. With a new president and CEO, plus longtime arch-nemesis Aaron Rodgers no longer in the NFC Central, are the Bears poised to, at the very least, show some teeth this year? I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're going long with WBBM sports reporter Rick Gregg discussing the upcoming 104th season of Chicago Bears football. Let's get looped in, Chicago. Before we kick things off today, let's quickly recap the Bears' 2022 season. The team went 3-14, winning only one game on the road, with it all being capped by a 10-game losing streak that started in Week 8 at the end of October, going through the rest of the season. But it's a new year, and this weekend, things start in legendary fashion as the Bears host their storied rivals, the Green Bay Packers, hoping to give their new QB, Jordan Love, a Windy City welcome, if you will. WBBM sports reporter Rick Gregg literally spent this summer in Hallis Hall, covering every aspect of training camp and the Bears' 1-2 and two preseason start. So I sat down with him this week to first examine some of the immediate pressure points directly coming out of last season's nightmare and where fans and the team themselves are hoping to see immediate improvements in 2023. When you have the worst record in the National Football League, you need help everywhere. Everything needed to improve. The Bears would tell you that as well. But here are two big areas, things that they couldn't do last year. They couldn't pass the ball. They were last in the league. And they couldn't stop the pass. They had 20 sacks last year. 20. This is 17 games. They had 20. Do you know how hard that is? Sometimes you get lucky. And they only got lucky like once. The guy who led them in sacks last year was a safety. It was not the person up front that you want to be leading your pass rush. Some of that was by design. They did trade some players in the middle of the season. But the fact is they had talent deficiencies across the board. It's not game plan. It's not scheme. It's we don't have the guys who can do this. And to be frank, you cannot turn over an entire 53-man NFL roster in one year. Right. So 
they have started to address those areas. In the offseason, they signed a bunch of linebackers, which are not as valuable as they were in the days of Erlacher and Briggs, much less the days of Singletary or Butkus, but they're valuable. Tremaine Edmonds is the big uh, signee there. They focused in the draft on the interior of the defensive line uh, in Zach Pickens and in Javon Dexter Sr. because they passed on the best edge rushers in order to get Justin Fields some help at tackle and shore up that offensive line and hopefully improve the passing game. And then the other thing they did was add DJ Moore, an actual playmaking wide receiver, which is something the team hasn't really had in a long time, and they got one, and you see it in practice right now. That connection is real. So if you're looking for reasons why this is going to be better, there it is. Their front seven on defense is better, and Fields has had another year in the system. He's third year now. Maybe he'll be looking to pass more instead of run more, and he's got targets. He's got better talents around him. Yeah, absolutely, and and we did a whole episode of Looped In back in June on the Bears' potential or eventual move to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. That in itself has made headlines in between you know, the Super Bowl and now preseason. The Bears' lease on Soldier Field ends in about a decade or so. That may seem like a ways off, but it also takes a matter of years to build something brand new if they're going to do it. So where do those talks stand currently? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> and I say that only because the new Bears president, Kevin Warren, has um, – been making a lot of noise. He's been talking with a lot of different suburbs. Well, hey, we could put a stadium in Aurora or Naperville, or we could put a stadium in, I don't know. It allows him to do more due diligence. He could also, they could also work on Soldier Field or make some sort of new stadium in the city. And he has been talking with the new mayor about that, but we don't know what the substance of those talks is. The reality is this, the Bears went and bought the old Arlington Park racetrack. They did that. The obvious use of that would be for a stadium and whatever you would surround it with, where you would own all of those businesses or at least the buildings and people would be paying you rent. You would own all the parking as opposed to downtown when they have to where they have leased out. You would be able to build all the skyboxes you wanted and you would be able to have a dome and then you could have concerts in the wintertime, for example. All of that makes sense, except the Bears got to pay the money for it. They don't necessarily want to do that, so they're looking at other options. And on top of all of that, they did the Arlington Park thing First, instead of pushing more for the city of Chicago under Mayor Lightfoot to do something or going to Naperville and saying, hey, what do you got? Right. So now Kevin Warren is a little bit behind the eight ball because this is what he has inherited. But to his credit, he's exploring other options. I still personally believe the greatest likelihood, the big likelihood is that there's a stadium complex built in Arlington sometime in the next few years. Even though the people aren't there, aren't really excited about it. I still think that's most likely what's going to happen, but we don't know at this point. What else has Warren said or done this preseason that has made Bears fans potentially more optimistic about the year that they're going to see on the field? I don't think Kevin Warren has anything to do with what we will see on the field this year. Okay, Kevin Warren didn't come into the job until, uh, what was that, March, I believe, March 1st. It was was sometime in the early spring. And um, there's just not much he could do in that time. The coaches are already hired, et cetera. Besides, the job that Kevin Warren has is not really football-related. The job that Kevin Warren has is business-related. Ryan Poles is the general manager. The Bears, the McCaskey family, has been clear that he is in charge of football and that, like Ted Phillips before him to an extent, uh, Warren is in charge of the business operations of the Bears. So on the field. But what is he doing behind the scenes? He's reevaluating everybody who works there and trying to streamline the, uh, the process a little bit better, get some new ideas in the building. I just don't think that we're... You're not going to be able to tell anything on the field after six months. 
what have been some of the bigger stories for you, like coming out of camp this year? What key things have happened in or outside of that that have been on your mind? I started to say it earlier. The Fields to DJ Moore connection is very real. They get along. The Fields loves having a, a receiver of that caliber. He is more often than not, and I mean most of the time, option number one for the Bears. So that's what I've been watching. The other issue has been injuries. And while right now, as we record this, the injury concern has subsided and we are recording this Packers week. It's still there in the background because the whole goal, for example, on the offensive line, they had their five starters on their offensive line. They knew who they were going to be. You had tackle Braxton Jones on one end. You had a rookie tackle and uh, Darnell Wright on the other end. And then you had experienced guys in the middle. Those five guys have not had a padded practice together yet. You want to build the continuity and they're all in the same room and they're all in the meetings and they're all sometimes out there when they aren't wearing pads. When they put pads on, they haven't been out there together yet. So how do you build that consistency? These are professionals. They're going to get it done. I'm not so much worried about that. I'm worried about them doing it at the pace that they want. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I wanted to get sort of a lightning round going about uh, all of these things. You mentioned Justin Fields. Um, entering, I believe, his third season, as you mentioned, yes. as, as Bears QB. His relationship with DJ, that's great. What else from him? I mean, he's literally, you know, kind of the the, the, the shining light of this team uh, moving forward. What do you think? He has to look to pass first more often. There's three things, right? Number one, and I know you want to do a lightning round, so I'll talk quick. Oh, good. Number one, he's a hell of an athlete, right? He can run. And he's smart as an athlete, so he knows when he can fake a guy out on the end maybe and go. So... That is his natural break glass in case of emergency decision. And last year, there were a lot of emergencies. The offensive line needed some work, needed a lot of work. Have they done a lot of work? They've done some work on the offensive line. He will still have emergency moments. And I, I hope there are fewer of them as a, somebody who follows the Bears and he can throw the ball more. Um, but he's still going to do that. It's when he's in the pocket and the pressure is coming and he can stay in the pocket that he needs to stay in the pocket. And then his vision downfield needs to be better. In the preseason, there was a play. It ended up being Fields running out, out of bounds to the right for a few yards, and then the Bears are punting. But it was third and 11. And what I saw from above were two open receivers. One was Roshan Johnson, who's a running back, but they had him lined up wide coming across the middle. One of them was Cole Komet, his tight end, coming across the middle. Now, they may not have been the first, second, third, or fourth reads, but I could tell that they were open there. What I didn't catch and what Fields apparently didn't catch. But if you look at the tape again, Darnell Mooney is wide open up the middle of the field and Fields never looked his way. And that's the kind of thing that you have to miss less if you're going to be a successful passing NFL quarterback. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, I love watching Fields. It's <laughs> so much fun, but they've got to throw the ball more. Yeah, exactly. And let's talk about offense then. Yeah. You know, as they grab the ball, the Bears are not known necessarily for, if you're going to compare the two, they're not necessarily known for offense. So what do you see there? Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator, and Luke Getze has a very has a whole lot of tricks in his playbook. 
And so the and he's in because they have upgraded at the skill positions and they have really upgraded at the skill positions as a wide receiver, running back, tight end. Fields is going to have a lot more weapons and a lot more tricks to uh, use those weapons. He's got to do it. That's that's what I'm saying. And if he does it, we can have some fun. And if he doesn't do it, we're going to he's going to be running for his life a lot and they're going to be struggling. The one thing that they've worked a lot on real fast in camp, they've done so much situational stuff, so much um, goal line stuff. You know, we're within the five five yards of the goal line or the 20 yards that is the red zone uh, or um, end of half, end of quarter, end of uh, game situations. They focused on that so much because I think what would happen last year and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think what you'd see often last year is. The Bears could occasionally hit a big play, whether it was fields running or a throw to Darnell Mooney or something. So they could go, they could flip the field, and then they'd have to settle for a field goal. Like the game against Washington last year, they couldn't get it in the end zone. Right. They, Washington was, was no great shakes last year. And they, there, were, there were multiple times at the goal line where they couldn't get the ball in. And that would have won the game. Now, as it turned out, they didn't mind losing the game because they got the number one overall pick. But as fans, <laughs> you want them to win games, and the players are sure trying to win games, and the coaches are sure trying to win games. So they focused a lot on that. If they can turn some of those field goals into touchdowns, we'll have a different game. Absolutely. And and this is a team, for over 100 years, they've built themselves on the gravitas of defense. <laughs> not uh, last year. Not last year. So, so how does this year look for that? Uh, it has to be better, because <laughs> last year was one of, if not the worst statistical performances uh, in Bears defensive history. So do I expect it to be better? Sure. Do I expect it to be a lot better? Mm, I hope so. They've brought in a lot of players to make it better. They've improved their linebacking core. They have improved their defensive front, but it had so far to go. And their secondary is is improved as well, but shallow and partially relying on uh, a rookie in Tyreek Stevenson, who will be the starting uh, one of the starting quarterbacks along with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is a problem too. Just a, a, a red flag, not a red flag a yellow flag or whatever it is they put up when the waves in the ocean get just a little bit more than normal. <laughs> and not because Johnson isn't a good player. He's a good player, but he has one interception in his NFL career. He's a cornerback. A lot of that is that he covers guys so tightly and the other cornerbacks and defensive backs haven't always been great for the bears that quarterbacks don't throw his direction. So, but he doesn't get the chance to make the play, right? They're going the other way. So that means more pressure on Stevenson. Is he going to be able to handle it in the preseason? He got more work, it felt like, than anybody in the preseason, in the three preseason games. And he did some great things. He also did some bad things. He's a rookie. That's going to happen. So we'll see. I think they'll be better. I don't know that they will be. They certainly won't be great. And we'll see if they're good enough. And special teams, often an overlooked asset. What's your take on 2023 for that department? Well, they're not very happy with their return game at the moment. Uh, Valus Jones Jr. was drafted last year, not this year, uh, older guy out of Tennessee. And he was uh, drafted because of his return abilities. Uh, also a wide receiver, but mainly because of his return abilities. And um, it didn't really show up. It started to show up near the end of the year, but at the beginning of the year, it didn't. So they went into the offseason hoping they could coach up Valus Jones. And what does he do in the first preseason game but fumble the punt? So they're 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 still working with that. They have a lot of speed and athleticism. So if they you know whether that's Tyler Scott who is a rookie, um, they just brought a couple of guys in who are going to help in the punt return area. Um, whether they can carry both a punt returner and a kick returner on game day, and you know other receivers who can do other things, we'll see. The kicking game is going to be fine. The punter is going to be fine. The return game needs work. I feel like one of the things 
Bears fans want is Green Bay blood, so to speak. You know, <laughs> yeah. so so they're they're starting off the season at home against Green Bay. I feel like there's a little extra mustard on this game because of that. Would you agree? Yeah, well, sure. It's the Packer game. Bears fans love it. The pair, players will tell you they're aware of it, but they have to treat every game like it's one and zero. Well, you know what? When they face the Packers more often than not over the last several years, they've gone zero and one. Cody Whitehair talked uh, the other day. He is a center guard for the Bears. He's been around for seven years. He's beaten the Packers once, one time. The good news there is Aaron Rodgers is gone. <laughs> Yay! Now, that also puts a little extra pressure because what happens if Jordan Love comes in here and throws the ball all over the place and now we're looking at a third straight great Green Bay quarterback. To be fair, I don't think he will do that. I don't think he'll be bad. I think he'll be fine. But it's Packer week. It's a big deal. It's also week one of 17. And the Bears have enough problems to them to worry about the guy who's on the other side. Well, and you know their schedule. So to, to wrap up, you know, any predictions you have of where the Bears finish because, funny enough, they end their season against Green Bay, yeah. this time at Lambeau. Yeah. So in between that Green Bay sandwich, so to speak, what happens to your best guess? Well, earlier this year, right after the draft or right around the draft, um, the good folks here at uh, WBBM asked me for my predictions for the web. And I believe at the time I said nine and eight. I'm going to walk that back a little bit. I think they're more like seven and nine. And the reason for that is because I do not know how healthy the offensive line will be. That's what it comes down to. You know, they lost a lot of one possession games last year, but that didn't really the glass half full moment is that they lost a lot of one possession games, but they also got down a lot and then had to fight their way back. And the other teams maybe eased off the gas pedal a little bit. You don't ever quit in the NFL, but, you know, maybe we're not going to pull out all the stops when we're up 28 to three. Sure. So they get seven wins. I think it'd be a successful season. Just as importantly, how do they get those seven wins? Do they get them because Justin Fields is playing very well and he's the guy for the future? Awesome. Does Justin Fields, God forbid, get hurt in week three and they claw their way to seven wins on a fluke? That's not great because that means that you don't know if you have the guy for the future. And by the way, if they go three and 14 again, it's clear and and health wasn't a problem. It's clear they don't have the guy for the future and they need to make plans otherwise. And one of the benefits there is they do have two first round picks in their possession for next year, their own and Carolina's. And Carolina's not supposed to be that great this year either. So Justin Fields can, should, probably will win the job. If Justin Fields can't because he's hurt, or doesn't because he's ineffective, the Bears have to decide two things. Number one, are we going to give this guy a long-term contract because that's the next thing? And two, if we're not, what can we get for him and how can we take these two other first-round picks that we have, these two first-round picks that are going to be bad because if Fields hasn't won the job, the Bears aren't going to be great, and turn that into the quarterback that we would really like to have. This episode of Looped in Chicago was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jim Hankey, with additional recording by Chris Lopez. You can subscribe to the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen. And don't forget to follow us on social media at WBBM Podcasts for additional content. We'll keep you looped in again right here next week. Talk to you then. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.